0: I'm in a series called "All In." The promises for you and your children, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Uh, I have a big picture. I want to. I want to get them all in. Anybody with me on this? I want to get them all in. It's like the promise is for you, but come on, if it's a promise, don't you think people deserve their inheritance? Don't don't you want to make sure? Anybody with me on this? You want to make sure that they get their inheritance. So. It's a day of momentum. We're calling it Easter family reunion celebration. Uh, It is a family kind of a day, isn't it? It's a family kind of a day. Uh, I want to uh, help you in regaining momentum in your home, momentum in your life, and do that this Easter. Let me get on into this message today. I've begun teaching you this. Now, now February, I taught on the art of love. Wow, what a, what, a, what a month that was. Uh, I can feel momentum, I can feel it in the body right now, I feel it. Uh, certainly the enemy is upset, somebody praise God for that, all right? but I feel momentum in the body. Uh, here's the deal, when I say all in, it can become very marketing, and that's, you know that's not where we are, right? I mean, there, certainly, there's some business avenues that we take care. Of, but when I when I say that, I, I I will restate what I believe the problem is in that we have lost in the church, not just this church, but in all churches. The numbers, the statistics, are glaringly obvious of the numbers of people that are totally unchurched, uh, that are that that are disconnected, and and sometimes we look at. People as the enemy, broken people as the enemy. I don't know how many know broken people are not your enemy. Does anybody know that? Don't get so confused. Don't let the attitude of this world confuse you so much that you actually believe that people that do not know Jesus are your enemy. Uh, they are your opportunity. That's what they are. They are the opportunity. And so, uh, that being said, uh, we need to understand that there would be more people in the kingdom of God if there would be more Christians if we were better Christians, right? If we were just better Christians, if we were people of mercy, if we were people of grace, if we were people of power and people of anointing, uh, over the years somewhere we kind of dropped the ball, and got really religious and just came kneeling and standing and you know what I'm saying, just doing our thing and we were more excited about our buildings than we were the body of Christ and and uh, lost that family thing and but but because that might have been true we are still the family of God, right? And God's not finished and we are in covenant with God. So we're we're being changed. We're into the word of the Lord, we're being changed and we should have something that others want. I really I have so much on my heart uh, all the time right now. I just always have so much on my heart. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, and trying to itemize that so that we can cover particular blocks sometimes is difficult. But the Lord helps me. This, this week he helped me with a dream. Uh, I dreamed I was in a, in a house. and I, There was a large room. And the people looked like they were all from the 60s. Uh, anybody remember the sixties or anybody you can wave your hand and praise God all right, so sixties It was the dress you know and all of that, and uh the uh, all I knew is that's that was in my heart that 's oh I know where these people are from uh i I remember the sixties i was I was very young, very young, and uh uh in this house were like there were boulders and rocks all over the house, just everywhere. And people were just walking around them. And they were good at not running into things. They just kind of walked around everything. And I began to say, don't you guys see this is not supposed to be in your house? Would you just could, just pick up some stuff and move it out? But I was in a, a crisis because the people had lived in that for so long that they did not recognize that it did not belong in their home. Is that deep? They were so... And and it's interesting because while I'm standing here uh, in this room, you'll notice that you have not once seen me trip over either of any of these large monitors that are on the stage. I don't think to myself I'm not going to run into them. I'm just conditioned till I know where they are and I just keep moving around things. You see? And, and this has been going on for a long time. Don't blame this on the people of the 60s. What we're saying is the things that we are addressing in the home have been there for a long time. And one of the reasons, and this is what the Lord was telling me, among the reasons why it's so difficult to rectify it is because it's been in Christian homes for so long that you believe that it is acceptable. And then I see something else. I see us bringing more rocks into the house. In the culture that we're living in now, we have decided that there are more things that are acceptable. When we bring them, we drop them in the floor and we tiptoe around them. We don't address them. And because we don't address them, they become our normal. And so that's what the Lord is doing right now. He's shaking some things up. These messages are magnifying glasses. And I know you might say, well, it's a small thing, Pastor. Why do we have to look at it so closely? I mean, it's the small things that mess things up too. Anybody know that? So we put the magnifying glass on it in order that we can see it more clearly. We need, oh, that's really something. We want to spotlight it so that we can see that these are stains that need to be removed. Uh, Anybody would agree with me? There's some things that need to be changed in homes. Anybody agree? I mean, you know, how many really believe that need to be changed? So are you willing, you know, I don't know how long it's been, would you open your heart up and let, no matter how long it's been there, would you allow the Holy Spirit today to address some of these things? I believe that if we're going to be all in, how sad it would be if we all showed up on Easter and then we went away after Easter Sunday and no one was changed, no homes were changed. I I think that is so sad for, for me If we're going to be all in, I want our families all in. I want our friends, our extended families. I want those who need to see miracles in their lives. I want us to be better Christians. I want us to become better in our homes, better moms, better dads, better uncles, better aunts, better... Come on, I believe that we could do better. And uh, I believe... fire. How many know a fire can start anywhere in a house? Does anybody know that? It can start anywhere. You might say, you know, I'm not the father. I know. You might be somebody that's just renting a room. But it can start anywhere in the house. Somebody in the house. You might say, well, I'm single. It can start right there in your single house and touch other people. So today, my topic I'm choosing is speaking life into your home speaking life into your home. I was looking at Acts 2, and I've, I've I've used this on many occasions. The work of the Holy Spirit was a momentous moment. When the Holy Spirit moved, in Acts chapter 2, it was momentous. Uh, the momentum increased. They went from 3,000, 5,000, 100,000 people. And there is... Discussion about what that looked like in Acts two, after many had come to the Lord, after the first three thousand, in Acts two verse forty-six. This little portion of scripture I have I have I'm drawn to. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They broke bread where? In their homes. Say it again. They broke bread where? In their homes. In their homes. In their homes in their homes. They broke bread and their hearts were changed. Now, hearts that were broken, hearts that were confused, now they are glad, they're filled with joy, and now they are sincere. Anybody know what it means to be insincere? That means to be a hypocrite. That's what it is, right? They no longer are living just walking through religious motion, but they they, they are now, things are changing in their, in their homes. And um, all I can hear when I read this is we've got to get into our homes. We've got to get, I mean, how many enjoyed that worship today? Anybody enjoyed that? You need to get that worship in your house. You need to get that worship. How many love to pray? Anybody love to pray? We've got to get that prayer in our house. Anybody love breaking bread? Anybody love communion? We've got to get that in your house. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit really wants to do. He doesn't just come for a day. He wants to change our hearts and he wants to change our homes and that's what's happening here when the Holy Spirit came and he begins to speak and as he speaks that message of redemption and salvation moves from the upper room into our room it moves from the street into our living room into our bedrooms so I anybody love momentum Anybody love momentum? I love momentum. And the Lord's been dealing with me with momentum so much. And really, uh, I was somewhat wanting to speak on momentum, but the Lord just kind of moved me in this direction. And, but I love momentum. Uh, when I say that, uh, I'm, I'm pretty heavily into that, looking at where the momentum, where the moment, momentum is not. It's interesting that people like things to stay just the way they are. Have you ever noticed that? I like this, just leave it alone, pastor. Uh, it's because it becomes our normalcy. It's just our normal. Uh, I uh, I believe that sometimes in our homes, we are very satisfied with things just the way they are. That's what home is like. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to say anything. We eat the same stuff week after week. So I want us to, to see some shift here. So this message, I know it feels like I'm all over the Bible today, but I, I'm going to... Speak about uh, uh, this opening part of it. I want to begin by looking into Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. And speak about one of the most frightening stories in the Word of God. Uh, I want to talk to you about the story that we commonly call the, the demoniac of Gadara. Anybody know the story? This is a demonized man who lives in the tombs of Gadara. Somebody said, please, Pastor, don't talk about that. And uh, I, Look, if you can handle watching... Binge watching The Walking Dead. You can handle this, all right? All right. Uh, this is just one guy who is a mess. Uh, he's not a zombie. He's just an absolute disaster of a man. And but but there, in the story, I'm not going to read all of the story. But here's the descript, the description of him at the beginning, uh, so you know the backstory. Jesus uh, and his disciples. Uh, are going uh, across uh, the water and, and Jesus said I, we, we, I got a trip I want you guys to go with me they get in the boat they end up uh, at a place near Gadara and the Bible says when Jesus got out of the boat a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore not even with the chain For he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Somebody believes that's bad. Anybody believe that's bad? So uh, I I don't have to repaint this picture, but he lives in a place of tombs uh, where dead bodies are, where people have been buried. He lives there. Cemeteries can be frightening enough without a man who is just just crazy running around uh, he is probably unclothed uh, he, he, is, he is bleeding he has blood just dripping from his body on occasion they will get him and put chains upon him but he will break the chains uh, and some people would say uh, wow, wow that's cool he's like the incredible hulk Uh, This guy is a mess, okay? He's an absolute mess. But here's what I want you to see. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So I want you to imagine the sound that was being made. So he's cutting himself, he's in pain, and you hear these awesome, frightening cries. In verse 6 through 17, and I did not put those in your notes, but the Bible says, When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? Swear, swear to God that you won't torture me. But then it says, For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Now we don't know exactly what it was. It, was like, it must have been like from a distance. You know, Jesus comes, he hears the cries, and he yells, at this, he yells toward this man, Come out of him, you evil spirit. And just that was enough authority for this man to come. And he falls. Now, he is controlled by evil. He is he's controlled by the demonic. And uh, Jesus asks him what his name is. He says, my name is Legion. And he replied, because there are so many. I, I, I don't, I'm not just demonized. i got all kinds of mess inside of me. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. Now, who's begging him, the man or the demons? The demons. And there's a large herd of pigs feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out, went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down a steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Okay? And there are some smart pigs right there. Okay? Uh, they run down a bank and they end up drowning in the water. Now, verse 14 says, those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had possessed by the legion of demons was sitting there dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. You know why they were afraid? Because their normal was seeing this man cutting himself and yelling and screaming. They had settled with the demonized man. They were afraid... Because now, we have a man that, what's he, you know, this is wrong. Even if your normal is demonic, sometimes you prefer it. And then the Bible says, in verse 17, the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. Jesus, just leave us alone. We don't need you coming in and messing up our normalcy. Don't change our relationship. Don't change my marriage. Don't change my family. Look, we've got this. At least we know somewhat what we're doing right now. Leave us alone even if it's not of God. Can you hear that? Okay, and then verse 18. As, as this, was our, this was where we were. Jesus, uh, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demonized, demon-possessed, begged to go with him. Look at this. The man who was demonized begged Jesus, let me just go with you. Jesus did not let him. Jesus refused, but look what he said. Go home to your family. Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. Now, I love this portion of scripture because this man could have boldly validated Jesus on his crusade. Oh, yes, I'm getting to the boat because I want you to testify. When we get back to to, to Galilee, I want you to stand there, and I'll be selling my miracle spring water, and you just tell them all the good... Yeah, I took a shot right there. You weren't paying attention. I'll I'll be giving them all my prayer cloths and stuff for, for $100 in the seed faith money. I'll be taking care of all of that, and you stand up and testify. Jesus was not interested in them jumping in the car and coming home. He wasn't. They had had church there at the cemetery. And he had been delivered at the cemetery. And this is what Jesus said to the man. No, I don't want you to go with me. That's not your job. Now listen, listen. Look at this. Mark 5 and 5. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself. All right? Listen. I, I, I submit to you that it may very well have been a demonic presence that this man had led into his life. But what I hear in the tombs is violence. Anybody hear it? I hear pain. I hear anger. I hear fear. I hear all of this. And I would suggest this to you. Before he was yelling in the cemetery, he was yelling in his house. Before he was acting that way out there with chains on him, he was acting that way at home. And there, it may very well have been that there was a wife that was in that house. And some kids that was in that house. The, that wife and that kid, they had heard this over and over. And now he's in the tombs. And people say, oh, I know who you are. Because I heard your daddy last night as I was trying to make my way home. Right? And so this has become a norm. Yeah, that's him. He's just a norm. That, that's him. He, he's a He's a mess. He's a man that is literally, physically, and emotionally out of control. So, anybody love the Holy Spirit? Amen. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is a communicator? Yeah. Right, that? Right, right? He's a communicator. And um, he speaks to our heart, he reveals truth to our minds, he clears up the confusion, he gives wisdom. We said last week that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the family. Remember that? So what we said. How many know we need the Holy Spirit in our homes? Anybody know that? We need Him. He'll bring unity. He'll bring peace. Uh, uh, he, he, will, he, he will bring provision. One of the reasons we need the Holy Spirit is because the enemy is always trying to cut the lines of communication. You understand that from a military perspective, right? Because if you want to, if you want to overcome a particular area... If you can cut the lines of communication, if you can stop them from being able to hear, to communicate, then you can surround them and you can destroy them. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, if he can't cut the lines of communication, the enemy will just hack your account and make people think you are someone that you are not. Anybody know what I'm saying now? You know, one of the painful truths of just divorce is that when a family is broken up, there is new there are new levels of abandonment and isolation. It seems like you're just shutting down the yelling and the screaming. Well, we got him out of the house now. We got her out of the house, but it often but, but it's often that the end of a parents connection with a family is also the inability for someone to impart into a child only it's you know maybe once a month or something like that or just on the weekends because communication is broken up but but then it may also be that the brokenness is so severe that somebody needs to be disconnected because that child doesn't need to hear that vile conversation anymore. The silence, however, is a whole different level of communication. How many know silence can be deadly? There's no one talking. I mean, at least they were yelling before. So now that individual says, Well, at least if you're yelling, you're still communicating because now they live inside of their pain in the silence of the house. It's a silence that's in the head. Those. Those verbal words of death and destruction lay in the heads of former spouses and children for years to come. So here's the context of this biblically. That's how I feel about this man. Jesus knew about the pain in the house that he had left. He was a man that needed to be a new man. And Jesus said, no, I want you to go home go home. You've spoken death into your wife. You've spoken death into your children. You've spoken death into your mother, your father. So much that death has taken over your life. So now I want you to go back to the house that has been a house of death and I want you to speak life. I want you to go back to the house that you spoke the words of the enemy and when you get back there, I want you to tell them all the good things that God has done for you. I want want it to be different. Has anybody ever been changed before? Anybody? And you went back to the house that was so broken and all you wanted to do was say look I, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me I know these are the things that I've done in the past but I'm a new man I'm a new woman anybody praise God for that reality I think it would be better if this whole situation did not happen what I would have preferred would have been for you to never end up screaming in the graveyard but we need to start today realizing that words are powerful now just because not just because you're spirit-filled and saved That doesn't mean that your tongue is set free yet. Oh, come on. You might say, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I don't need you speaking in unknown tongues here and yelling and screaming in your house at home. Just stop. All right? Go home and fix that stuff in your house and then get on the boat and travel with Jesus. Ooh, that's good. God wants your family free. You know, if if you're struggling, he wants the pain that was in somebody else's life to be removed. That being said, here's a few statements that I'll throw at you before we pray today. One, your family is God's family before it's your family. Amen? Amen? Hebrews 12, Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Jesus sends his family home to the family because, hey... That's my family, that family that's broken, that family that's messed up. I want you to go go home. Uh, Anybody protective of your wife and your children? Anybody? Anybody protective of your husband or your wife? Next time you're raising your voice at your family, next time you're screaming bloody murder at your children, I want you to hear this. Those children belong to God before they belong to you. These children are being frightened by angry words. They are also the family of Christ. While you were out in the tomb screaming, they were home dying. We want to speak life into our homes. I want you to be aware of something else, though. Because one of the reasons all the stones are laying around the house is this. There is a law in Scripture that we are not aware of. It is the law of growing or dying. This message about the reality that God... How many know God wants to bless you in an awesome way? Anybody know that? He wants to bless you. He wants to give you abundance. But here's the truth that I want to impress upon you from scriptures this morning. And that is that we are either growing or we are dying. We are growing or we are dying. There's some scriptures here in Matthew 13, Matthew 25. Same scripture twice... In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says it twice. How many think that's probably important? He says this. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. What? That's strange. So if I have, I'm going to get more. And if I don't have, what I have is going to be taken away. Does that sound... He says it again in Matthew 25. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who, has, who does not have... Even what he has, same scripture, right, will be taken away. So how many believe what goes up must come down? That is a law. We call it the law of gravity. This is another law. It is the law, the law of growth or death. Everything is either growing or dying. And this is for every single person. Our God is a God of blessing and he wants to increase you. But if we're not increasing, there's only one other alternative, and that is to him who does not have, what he has will be taken away. This is, also, this is scientific as well. You've heard of dynamic energy, static energy, entropic energy. That means dynamic energy means it's growing. Static means it's stopped. Entropic means it's the point of chaos or the point of decay. Now, just so you understand this, I put flowers up here. Yes, there are flowers. You can buy these at Home Depot. All right? So how many love to pick flowers and give them to somebody? Anybody like that? Come here, Chris. Take this flower right here and give it to your wife. Would you? Just give that flower to her. Okay? All right. Isn't that lovely? Okay. All right. That flower is dying. <laughs> it was growing right over here, and now it's dying. Sorry. Sorry. Chris gave it to you. (laughs) Look at me. All right? It's growing or dying. Because what we believe is things should just stay just like they are. We believe if we can leave things alone long enough... Understand, all of us in this life, all of us in this room are somewhere, and we need to get honest about it. In our relationships, in our family, there are things that are in our life that are either growing or dying nothing's going on, not doing anything about it. Well, I've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus, but I ain't nothing going on. I ain't read my Bible in months. I haven't sought the Lord. I mean, I I ain't seeking the Holy Spirit. I don't want more of you, more of you. I just want this. Can I just have this and just move on? No, no. Everything is growing. Look around the church. Some people say, I just want this church to stay the same. Excuse me. If you come back in five years to this church, you will not recognize it as exactly the same church. Well, please don't change anything. No, we're going to change stuff, and people are going to change. And take a look at this guy. I'm not dying. I'm not staying the same way I am. I'm growing in the Lord Jesus. I'm seeking his face. I'm reading his word. And then I'm taking the word of God and applying it to my own life. And when I see death, I'm not going to live in the tombs for my re- the rest of my life, screaming and crying. I'm going to say, come, Lord Jesus, change those things that are on the inside of me. Does that make sense? Jesus. I just, I just want you to see this. I want you to grasp this. Have you ever read the parable in Matthew chapter 25? Uh, I mean, it's a long parable, but you know some of the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a foreign country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another he gave uh, uh, two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then immediately he went off on his journey. Remember this? Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five. And he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Anybody know what happened with these accounts? what happened? What happened to the guy that had nothing? What did he do? Yeah. So he who received five talents came, brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me to f- five. Look, I've gained five more talents. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. That's where we get that. Everybody shout, well done. Well done. How many want a well done from heaven one day? When you get to heaven it's like, yeah, well done, baby. Okay, something like that. Okay, Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. How many believes that's an increase? Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also had received two talents. He who had received two talents came and said, "Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them." His the Lord said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord." Next verse. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, "Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground because I wanted things just to stay the way they are." Look there, you have what, look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own interest, mine own with interest. Done, do, somebody say, do something. do something. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who, oh, this is where we came to. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and, and, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That doesn't sound good, does it? Okay. Everything is what? Growing or? So those things that I choose to do nothing about what's going on. That's where the death is. I'm not growing in the Lord. I'm not growing in my home. I'm not growing in my relationship. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's a possibility to be married and it dying even though you're in the same house and have a nice house. Right? I didn't get too many amens, but it's the truth anyway. All right? So here, here the expectation is we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should be connected to the vine. We should be growing. You may not even be comfortable. How many know comfortability is not growth all the time? Anybody know that? You may not even be comfortable, but you're growing. You hear what the Lord is saying? We are either growing or dying. So the response of the word is the truth of stewardship. Somebody shout stewardship. stewardship. The kingdom of heaven is that man, God, traveling to a far country. And we are his servants. Everything we have belongs to God. Your abilities, your gifts do not belong to you. They belong to God. Reality is, He's coming back. We're stewards of our homes. They're growing or they're dying. There's been so much hurt and pain in homes and the spirit-filled men and women more than anything else. After all God has done for us, after He has saved us from death to life, we need to go home. We need to go home today and get some spiritual momentum back, momentum back into our house. I'm telling this. Some of us have yelled long enough. Would somebody please say amen? amen. We have yelled long enough. Now you don't know what to do, so I'm going to tell you what to do. Are you ready? Yep. You have to go home and speak life into it because you have the power to speak life. I love Proverbs 18 and 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Love what? It had the power of life and death. The tongue. If, come on, let's break this part grammatically. What is the scripture about? The tongue. And those who love it love what? Tongue. Come on, just open your mouth. Look at your tongue. Say, man, I love my tongue. Just say that. I love my tongue. Some of you know you love your tongue. You got it all decorated. Got stuff in it and stuff, you know. You love your tongue. Just look. You just go. Come on. You should. Next time you're brushing your teeth, just open your mouth and look at your tongue and say, "Wow, that is powerful." You think I'm crazy right now, but when I when I tell you that, what I'm saying is. We have a common problem in our culture in that we do not understand the power of words. Words are nuclear. Words are powerful. Every great home is filled with great words. And every dying home is filled with words of death. We should pray, God, use my tongue. Use my words to heal and give, lives. give life and build up others. The problem is, We live in a vulgar world. How many know our world is vulgar? And in the vulgar world that we live in, Satan hacks into our mind and into our heart and causes us to communicate with words from hell instead of heaven. Literally, when you are screaming as if your house is a tomb, you become a partner with the enemy. The enemy has hacked into your life. You're great with words. They scream, Don't come near me. Don't mess with me. Don't push me. Don't you be talking to me like that. I wonder what the man had to say when he finally got home. The insinuation of scripture and history is that there was a great revival there. If there's a revival, there had to be forgiveness, there had to be peace. I don't think we understand how powerful words are. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many have ever heard that? Okay, so I'm, not, I'm just talking. This is not really what I mean. Quit. Now, I don't know if you saw our beautiful granddaughter earlier in here, over here, playing around. Did you see her? Okay. Here's what I know. Okay. I know that I can make her smile. I have power to do that. Anybody got any grandkids? You know what I'm saying? I have the power to make her smile. I'll walk up to her, and in my best Mickey Mouse voice, loves you and she'll go <laughs> all right debbie steve Diane, all right hi and i'll just go. i don't have to say something just just insinuate hi hello do that to somebody right now would you go ahead go ahead and do that to somebody next time. <laughs> give it a shot Hello. Oh. so i'm a grown-up i don't need to hear that maybe they do Listen, if you want to gain momentum in your home or your family, wash your mouth out with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, wash your mouth out. Just your tone of voice can change everything in your house. If you just bring it, if you change the, if you would stop trying to dominate, come on. Stop trying to put everybody in their place and get control of everything. If if you want to hear well done and good and faithful servant, become a steward of your home, a steward of your house. Bring some joy and some smiles. Clean up your social media act. It's filled with so many F-bombs and hate speech. Stop it. I'm saying Satan Get off of my tongue. Devil, get out of my mouth. I, I'm, I'm saying this screaming and yelling and cussing in your house. It's got to stop. Because that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that baby is not yours to scream at. They belong to God. God's saying go back. Say this, we'll pray in a moment. But When, I, when I'm speaking of words, how many know the devil is a liar? Okay, that's not a problem unless you believe his lies. Here's some lies that we believe about words. We believe that words evaporate. I said it, I said that two weeks ago. You should be over that by now. How many can still hear some words that were spoken to you 30, 40, 50 years ago? Anybody? I can. Some words that hurt you years ago. Words don't just evaporate. Words don't expose who you are. That's what we believe. Words don't expose. Look, because I said that, it doesn't mean I meant it. I was just talking. Those were just words, no? 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 Words exposed your heart because it was out of the abundance of your heart that your mouth spoke to me right now. Words are substitutionary. That's what we believe. I told you I love you. No, I love you. How many times have I told you I love you? I know, but you haven't done anything. Words are not substitutes for your actions. They're not. You can't just keep telling people something and doing nothing. Here's another lie of the devil. Words are powerless. How many know that words are like grenades that get thrown? Anybody know that? They're powerful. And here's another lie. Bad words will bring good results. Well, that's the only way I can talk to you and get your attention. Right? And so you think that brought intimacy into your home. It did not. It brought cursing in your home. And you're the man screaming in the tombs. Why don't you just go back and yell and cut yourself in the graveyard? Remember the law of life and death in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives... Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Anybody love that? Now, I know we're looking at that saying, word of God, word of God. But listen, listen, listen. Words wash people. Cleanse one another with your words. I I wish, I wish I could get men. Come on, you guys are preaching. Men. Men. Just to allow the Holy Spirit to take over their mouths and begin to realize that the reason things are such a mess often is because we don't take the leadership and wash our families with what we say. Can I get a baritone amen right now? So here, here are a few words, ways that you can speak life over your marriage. You ready? You want to learn this? You might want to take notes. Husbands, wives, you might say, I'm single, it doesn't matter to me. You need to know this anyway because this will work in other relationships as well. I am proud of you because. Just say, I am proud of you. Just try to say it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Wow, isn't that powerful? Why are you proud of me? I'm just proud of the man that you are. Proud of the way that you make a stand. you You can find it if you'd stop looking for all the negativity all the time. You've heard so much screaming in the tombs. You're having a hard time. I am proud of you. I love you. And instead of just saying I love you, say I love you because. Because people want to know. And I know we are in covenant. I love you because I love you, but I love you. I love the way you do this. I love the way you do that. Or here's something you can say. It's this question. How can I pray for you today? Say that to somebody in the morning. You want to build a relationship? How can I pray for you today? What's, what's going on in your life? This morning, I was in my office, and uh, Joy just walked by the office. She she leads intercessory prayer. And she leaned over and looked at my office She said, Pastor, is there anything I can pray for you for today? I didn't ask her. I didn't... It, and I just kind of caught me off guard. People don't ask that of me too often. They ask me to pray, but nobody asks me that question. And I, just, I was just kind of you know, thinking of a few things I might be able to say, but uh, I, just, I was blessed. Anybody blessed by the moment? Anything I can be in prayer for you today. Uh, here, here's this. Let me pray for you. Just let me pray. Or instead of asking them if I can, just take them by the hand and start praying. Take your child, take your little boy by the hand before they go to school and just put your hand on top of theirs and say, Jesus... Just go with little Billy right now. Be with him today. Holy Spirit, help him to do well. You think that doesn't matter. Yes, it matters. Do these two words. You can. Just say it. You can. You can get through this. You're going to make it through this. You can. You can. You can ace this test. You can. How about I am thankful for? Wouldn't that be a good word? Just something you're thankful for. These are words that draw you together. The disciples were struggling coming out of the grip of the Pharisees. And in Luke chapter 6, Jesus looked at them because so many of his disciples had left. And he looked at his 12 and he says, Hey guys, are you going to leave too? And Simon Peter answered, Lord, where should we go? You have the words of eternal life. What is he saying? Lord, your words draw us to you. You keep speaking life to us. There's death out in the world. I, I go to work. I go to I go all these other places. And all they speak is death and decay. But when I'm with you, God, you speak life Listen, in your house, if you were... And you might want to talk about this, husbands and wives. In your house, how much life is spoken compared to death? Start speaking life and people will come together. Words of life. have got to learn to speak life. I know I know you're accustomed to the rocks and the boulders and the venom and the hate and the anger. You know, as... uh share one more scripture, Colossians 3, but I... I was thinking, dear. Uh, earlier in our marriage, I remember early in our marriage, we, we, we weren't always as perfect as we are right now. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. Okay, so. But early in our marriage, I, we'd never we've been blessed. We've never had a lot of arguing and yelling and screaming. That's never been. I, I, uh, the only time I remember Diana yelling at me, we still laugh about to this day. All right, it was because I was trying to help her with fishbone that was stuck on her throat <laughs> it was really a bad moment she yelled at me sure my feelings really bad but it was so funny in retrospect anyway all right uh, am i right yeah. yes all right so i'm going go away from that story but I, I can't remember a tense day anybody remember a tense day relationally i remember being she was in the kitchen and i was somewhere else in the house and i remember the holy spirit just speaking to my heart that day and saying your relationship is more important than this. That's all I remember. I just remember that just kind of it fell into my heart, and I just got up and walked into the kitchen, put my arms around, it and said, "Sweetheart, Diana, our relationship is much more important than this." I'm sorry, men. Practice with me, men. Practice. I don't. say I'm not married. I don't care. Say this with me, men. Say it. I'm sorry. Say it. Isn't that amazing? The power of that. Women, say it. I'm sorry. It's so powerful. Children, if you're you're a kid in the room, come on. If you've got parents, you live at home, say it with me. I'm sorry. Just say it. It's powerful. Your relationships are more important than keeping your venom. Colossians 3, verse 12. Read this with me. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with, read it, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So speak life. Don't leave. Just stand with me for a moment. Just stand with me. We're going to practice speaking life. When I read the scripture, I can see these things. Speak patience. Speak peace. Speak possibility. Speak purpose. What's that big one at the end? Speak. Speak agape. Say it. Speak agape. Right at the last. Say it. Shout it. Speak what? Which is the love of God, right? Speak agape. Speak agape. That means service. Surrender. Put down your weapons. Lay your swords and your shields down. And stand in one another's presence in agape. Speak the word of God. Pray together and for one another. If I got anybody here that's married? Anybody here that's married? Okay, anybody that's single and you have kids in your life? Anybody? Okay, all right. So I'm going to give you a word. You ready for this? I want... You. How many have dinner together? Do you ever have dinner together? Raise your hand if you ever have dinner together. Okay. Do you have breakfast together? Okay. So my wife and I, we have breakfast together every morning, so this works. So here's what I'm I'm going to challenge you to do, all right? Let's just say it's dinner. One meal, dinner's really cool. Have a candlelight dinner every day. Guys are going, what? (laughs) Candlelight dinner every day. How do you do that, okay? Take a candle, big one of those pillar candles or something, and put it on your table, and at the beginning of every meal, light it. Okay? It symbolizes the presence of the Holy Spirit. You like that? Come on. And at, what did we say? We said that they broke bread and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, right? In their homes. So light the candle. Light the candle. Now, what that means is we're not going to leave this table until we have read some of the word and we have prayed together and for one another. I know some of that's making you normal, making you upset because your normal is to never pray together. Right? I mean, really. If your tax refund was a nickel for every time you prayed together, okay, $5 for every time you prayed together. How many believe life, your prayer words are words of life? Anybody believe that? Okay. And then only after you prayed together... Can anybody blow out the candle? What? Now, some of you are concerned because you're saying, but I thought candles were about physical intimacy. No, 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 no. You've never read about the tabernacle, probably. You've never read about the temple. There were candles burning all the time. They were always symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Now, get this, get this. If we could get your spiritual intimacy up, then your physical intimacy would thrive. But that's not the reason I want you to do this. I'm telling you that some of you have lost some things in your home. And you've forgotten that you were a steward of everyone in that house, in your marriage, in your home, right? And you say, why is my family, why is my relationship, why is there such darkness? Why can't we talk about anything? Why, every time we have a conflict, why do we scream and yell? Why does everything go nuclear? Why does that happen? When was the last time you lit a candle and prayed? When was the last time... You blessed one another. Let me give you just a few other words of life, okay? Here's some words. I love you. Say them. Just say, I love you. Say it. Keep reading. I hear you. I honor you. I respect you. Thank you. Forgive me. We will get through this. God put us together. We are in covenant with one another and with God. Keep reading. Come, Holy Spirit. Heal our wounds. Forgive us for our angry words. Heal our hearts. Cleanse our mouths with your words. That's that's good, isn't it? Heal our tongues, Lord. Speak life. Welcome him. Would you just welcome him? Welcome, Holy Spirit. Thank you. I want you to pray that. Say, Lord, cleanse my mouth. Fill my mouth with life. I choose to speak life, life. not death. death. Speak life. life. Now just stay there just for a moment, right in that posture, because I want to speak to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I cast away the spirit of anger, the spirit of death that has settled in the mouths of so many. I break the spirit, and I say to you, come out of the tombs. Come out of the bondage. Come out of the bleeding. Come out in the name of Jesus and be set free. Be free in your homes. Be free in your relationship. Be free in your marriage. I say in Jesus' name, the death, the spoken death stops today. From this day forth. the name of Jesus. Just pray. Somebody's nearby, just pray with one another right now. Just pray because God would like to do this work because no matter how much I pray for you in this altar, if you don't take it into your homes and break bread in your homes and there's not peace, then all I'm doing is praying for people and the majority are still a mess. So pray for one another. Father, if you're with a husband and her wife, you might just want to put your arm around them. Wife, put your arm around your husband. Husband, put your arm around your wife and say, Father, bring healing into our language, bring healing. Speak life into us where there has been death, where we have spoken words of pain and hurt and hardship. You might even need to reach over and you might even not know it. Forgive me if you need somebody, if you need to tell somebody you've been hurt, then just lean over and look. say to your husband your wife, I've been hurt, I've, I've had pain in my life. I need you to speak into my heart. Speak life into me. I say healing. Some of you feel like you've been abused. I believe that that demoniac in the tombs had had been an abuser. So I say, even if you feel like you have been abused in the name of Jesus, the abuser, the power of the abuser is broken. If you have words that are echoing in your mind from years gone by, break the power of those words. And I come to those places in your heart and I speak healing. You are not what the demoniac said. You are what God says you are. Somebody receive that and shout amen. Somebody receive that and shout amen. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, come. Hallelujah. I don't want to speak these words of life. Just close your eyes. I want you to hear. Some of you need to hear. I love you. I hear you. I honor you. I respect you. Thank you. Forgive me. We're going to get through this season. We're going to get through this. God pulled us together and he's not finished yet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, wow. So I'll give him thanks for what he's spoken to us today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Those of you that are in need of prayer today and you want you want prayer in your, for your home or personally for your life? For the hurts, the pain, the curses that you feel have been floating around in your life. Whatever it is, I would be glad. We would be glad to pray with you. I just want you to leave your seats and come and stand up front. Okay, just come. If you want anointing for your marriage, perhaps, we'll anoint you. But whatever, just come and stand up front now. Okay, would you just break away and come on? You to come first. I've got altar workers that are going to assist me, but Jesus, Jesus, I love you. It's so good to see you. Love you, love you, buddy. love you, Jesus. Altar's kind of full. Cool. I'm going to need some people, some of my altar workers, my altar team, come with me. But I want to. Uh, Personally, just walk by, but just close your eyes and, for a moment, and hold your hands kind of like in a receptive moment, just like you're catching something that's falling from the sky. All right, all right, and say, "Come, Holy Spirit." Altar workers, come all the way around the front to me, if you would. Just come all the way up on the platform and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Savannah so, just come all the way up on the platform. Cliff, all of just come on up the platform and you'll see what needs to be done. I just want to come by. Hey, bro, it's good to see you, man. Welcome. I'm to bless you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I bless these. I anoint them now in the name of Jesus for homes, families, for relationships, places where pain, where venom has been the norm, those who have been hurt for so long, those that even carry pain, they carry heavy pain, from words that were spoken in a long-ago relationship. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and I speak life to them now in Jesus' name. Prayer workers are coming around now. Would you pray with one another all around this room? Go ahead, just lay your hands. Make a small prayer group somewhere in the room. Make a prayer group. We're going to pray with these now. My altar workers are moving around to also help me in this prayer time. Look at me for those of you who are leaving as well. Let me just speak this. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Go in the blessing of the Lord. If you're new, please meet me at the welcome center in the next few moments. Be dismissed when you choose. Saying, "Way may praise you, Lord."